chapter 3, 1 Timothy 3, verse 8, and uh, I'm going to do, today's a little bit of a a teachy family talk sermon. I know the series has kind of been that way anyway. Uh, Next week, uh, we're kind of going to get back on track, I guess, if you will, and broaden the scope. And so next week, we're going to do, finish up our series that we started two, three years ago in Genesis. And uh, we titled that series Beginnings, and so this year we're going to be ending beginnings. I thought a long time about that, so how to say that. So there we go. So it's going to be a great series. I really want you to be in a small group uh, for the series. So really, I I can't stress this enough. Um, Coastal's growing fast. Uh, There's a lot of people coming here. We want you to have Christian community. We want you to have people that love you, help you, support you. And uh, and so if you're not in a small group, it's really easy to get disconnected, okay? And so you really, really need to be in one. I can't stress that enough. And, uh, and the, so this is the week. It's, you're not coming in the middle of a, of a small group series, of just a brand new series, great on-ramp. All right, while we're doing this, I want to talk a little bit of just uh, nuts and bolts, all right? I want to celebrate. I want to talk about 2019. Uh, and then we're going to jump in and finish this series I've entitled uh, The Leadership Challenge. So 2018, we uh, man, had some great stuff happen in 2018. We launched a campus. It's doing well. Uh, we up in Gloucester, uh, they have probably averaging about 160 people right now, um, and we they, we anticipate them being financially self-sufficient within the year. Uh, probably by the end of the year, they're trending in that direction. So, man, just really, really good stuff. You can be praying for them. This is actually their first Easter service, so we launched after Easter up there last year. So they haven't even been in existence a year yet. It's been probably seven or eight months, and they're just doing really well. So be praying about Easter. It's a natural invite time, and we're hoping and expect, expecting big things. We. Uh, financially, we finished our roof. Uh, I know, that's like, yeah, you're celebrating a roof. Anyway, but it was, it was expensive, and we got it done. And so, you know, there's still an occasional leak, but we're pretty much through that. And thank you, Tidewater Roofing, for the help with that. And we were able to finish our objectives and goals for the back build-out. So the back side of our building over here, uh, about 25,000 square feet, is now under uh, air conditioning. We got the youth space built out, and the whole area is now at least functional, okay? Uh, so thank you for your donations, and that's great stuff. And then, and then in December, I, I laid in front of you, hey, if you want to give a Christmas offering, and I laid in front of you four things that we were supporting. And, uh, and so I just wanted to celebrate. This is what y'all did, and... Uh, yeah, you got to help me here. We'll stand here. There it is. All right, great. So VBJI, one of the things. So in our missions fund through the years, because we've exceeded budget so many years, we actually had some savings in missions. And so the elders uh, agreed to deploy to two things that uh, we had some money saved. And the first was VBJI. Uh, we get, don't, Coastal donated $25,000. they are in the process of looking for and rehabilitating a home for women that have been rescued out of trafficking. So we had the money in the bank. The elders voted to do it, uh, but we also wanted to give you guys an opportunity to give to it specifically if you wanted to. So we raised $8,000 towards that. Uh, The second thing the elders voted to give to was a school in Zimbabwe. We've been partnering with a church called Faith Ministries, a really, really solid church in Zimbabwe, and that they are looking to build probably, in my opinion, the best boarding school, Christian boarding school in Zimbabwe. And so we had an opportunity to buy some land, and so we wanted to donate 25000 towards that, so we laid that in front of you guys, and we donated 1700 And then we 
needed about 30000 to finish off our building project. You guys donated fifty in the month of December. And then we laid in front of you our gift ministry, the gifts that we give away through the Ministry of Coastal. And we took in almost $14,000 worth of gifts that got given away through Coastal Community Church in December. So great stuff, $75,000 of gifting in one month. It's incredible, right? Just incredible. So, and that's like over and above giving to, you know, your regular giving here that supports the ministry of the church. So thank you, thank you, thank you. What you guys, the impact you're making locally and around the world is incredible for the cause of the gospel. Okay, now let me give you a little bit of vision where we're going. So let's go to the next slide. And so one of the things I like to lay in front of you each year is for those of you who want to give over and above your regular giving to our building fund. Okay, and so we're building out. So the backspace is usable, uh, but we want, you know, we have visions beyond just it being one big open space, all right, and, and to kind of begin to narrow in its function. And so, and so one of the things we want to do this year is we want to put a door right across from the prayer chapel, and we need to punch through that wall and put a front entrance. Now that's a firewall, uh, and so it's it's not it's not a cheap door essentially. So uh, and so we want to put punch a door in, and then we want to build an indoor play place for our children. Okay, and so that I don't know if it's that one exactly, but you kind of get the picture. Cool. How many adults are like, man? I'd like to climb around that thing. That'd be a lot of fun, right? So I'm afraid you'll get stuck in the tunnel, and who knows how we'll get you out. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to build that, uh, Lord willing, and then we want to build some classrooms, okay? So let me talk to you guys, 930 folks, okay? Um, incredible. Our children's ministry is growing like crazy. It is not uncommon just from kindergarten to, to third grade to have over 70 kids in our one room back there, and uh, just we continue to grow and grow and grow in the children's ministry, and so we'd like to do those two things, and then if money permitting, we want to begin to build some classrooms that can begin to alleviate some of our growing children's ministry back there. Now, the challenge with classrooms is always HVAC, okay? So uh, we've got to put in, and that's probably usually the biggest cost of each classroom room, okay, is the HVAC system, but that's the goal. If we could raise 165, we think we can do all three of the things, the door, the play place, and the classrooms, okay? Um, Now, let me talk to you 930 folks a little bit, all right? Statistics show that when a room is 70% full, it's full. All right, look around. Well, I'm up here. I know it's hard to say. We're full, okay? 930 and 11 have filled back up at the beginning of the new year, which we're super grateful for. And so, if this is the only time slot that fits for you, great. I'm glad you're coming. Don't leave, okay? So, uh, don't leave. But I want to encourage you, okay? I'm always encouraging, if you can think through and pray through the possibility of coming to our 8 o'clock service. I know it's the inconvenient service, and if you're sleeping on Sunday, I get it. Then get up and come here. We're glad you're here. We'll make it work. But some of you can pray through and think, hey, you know what? For the cause of what God's doing at Coastal, I want to free up seating. I want to free up parking places. Uh, our 8 o'clock service is kind of our overflow service, and that one's even been growing a little bit too, so we're excited about that. And you know, It's a little bit more intimate, honestly, and so if that's something you you could think about and pray about and maybe even make the commitment for 2019, if that works for you and your family, man, that would be awesome. So uh, that's a big part of that. Okay? Good? All right. I am going to nix the story that I was going to tell for the sake of time this morning, and I'm going to jump in, all right? So get your Bible out, and uh, let's talk about deacon ministry. So last week, I've done a three-part series, kind of a four-part series, really. I started the new year talking about, man, if you love Christ, you love His church, right? And then I was talking about how, you know, we went through, what does a leader look like? And then last week, we talked about layered leadership, that for the good 
good of an organization, for the good of the gospel, there needs to be layers of leadership. And then last week I ended with, hey, the elders and the pastors of Coastal, we've been praying about, thinking about, man, how do we add a layer of leadership to Coastal that's biblical, that's healthy, so that the gospel can go forward. And so I said, hey, we're going to be developing deacons, a deacon ministry, uh, over the next year and a half, okay, uh, to two years. And so, and so this morning, I want to talk about deacons. Now, um, this is a very teachy sermon. It's, uh, it's technical. And so, and so if you're a guest with us this morning, I usually, it's usually a little more preachy. And what I mean by preachy is so what, okay? The preaching is you take the text and you apply it. Uh, this is more applied to coastal itself. And so it's really geared towards those that call this their home church and their members. So I hope you'll come back next week. I'll kind of get back onto a more preachy sermon next week. But today's technical. And, uh, and so some of y'all love it, okay? Uh, oh, you know what? I got to do one more thing. I forgot this last service and I am not going to forget this. So I've already changed gears. Now we're going to awkwardly change gears again. Uh, okay, I forgot to say this under uh, the vision for 2019. On your way out today, we have our annual report, uh, and we report to the body every year where your re- financial resources go in the annual report. We printed enough for one per family, and, uh, and so if you want an annual report, get that on the way out, and, uh, and so pick that up. I, I know, awkward transition, and I'll probably get fired. So... Um, <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, get that. I forgot it last service. I can't forget it this service. Uh, now back to deacons. Okay, so the challenge today is it's going to be technical. Um, I'm going to be as thorough as I can. Uh, I run the risk, okay? Here's the risk I run today is that uh, I'm just going to get to my own insecurities. I'm afraid no one's going to show up next week uh, because probably if this is your home church, you're here because you're like, man, Coastal's conservative. They, you know, cling to the Bible. And, and I'm going to say some things like, yes, I agree. And, and the challenge is, and I'm, we're clinging to the Bible still, but some of y'all are going to disagree with me this morning, right? And so there's going to be some of you that maybe aren't as conservative as we are, and you're going to leave frustrated, and there's some of you that are going to disagree with me because of maybe your upbringing, and you're going to leave the church, and there's not going to be anybody here next week. Okay, so, uh, so that's the danger, all right? So now that I've whetted your appetite, at least you're paying attention. Like, what is he going to say? Okay, so uh, I've at least whetted your appetite to keep you engaged, and, um, and so the elders for the last two, really, it has been a two or three year journey, what I've been teaching on the last couple of weeks, have really been wrestling with, you know, Lord, you're sending us so many people, and our job is to make disciples, right? I mean, our vision statement is to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ, and we do that in three ways. What are our three ways? Connect, what? Grow. What's grow mean? Small group ministry. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands about how many of y'all in small groups, all right? And small group ministry, you got to be in a small group. And then what's the third one? Serve, ministry and mission, okay? And what most people do is they come to corporate worship, but they leave the next two out. And I'm just telling you that's such a significant part of your spiritual growth, of becoming like Christ. And, and you really, really, really have to be uh, in, in a small group so, and, and in a ministry. So one of the things the elders have been praying about, we got to add this layer of leadership to help us lead 
lead the organization, to lead people that God's called us to shepherd. And one of the things we've talked a lot about is, man, how do we raise up some women to set in front of the church? Say, man, God has raised up some godly women in our church. That uh, Titus chapter 2 says, let the older women instruct the younger women. And, and so that if you're here as a, as a woman at Coastal and you have a prayer need or you have a ministry and you need some counsel, that there's some godly women that you know, oh, man, Coastal has recognized these women as spiritually mature women in the church. And so, uh, and so we've been talking about, I mean, how do we do this? And what is, the, what is the Scripture's guide on these things, okay? And so we have decided to add a layer called deacons. It's biblical. All right, so here we go. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through four things this morning. Why deacons? Okay, why does the Bible tell us to have deacons? Who are deacons? What do deacons do? And then how do you become a deacon at Coastal Community Church? So I know a lot of you are checking out. Don't check out, all right? Check in with me this morning, all right? So here we go. Number one, why deacons, all right? And so last week, um, <clears throat> I had to skip over Acts 6. I'm not going to give Acts chapter 6. I hope you have your, your Bible open to Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. That's where we're going to spend the bulk of the time this morning. But we really see kind of the first deacon, group of deacons in Acts chapter 6. And so uh, what's going on in, in Acts chapter 6 is that um, the church, the early church is growing, and it's growing fast. And and uh, if you, like I always say this, you know, can, could you, you know, Pentecost, Peter preaches, and 3,000 people become Christians, right? And what's the role of the church? To disciple them, to mature them. I mean, could you imagine, church, if 3,000 more people showed up to Coastal next week? I know a lot of people are like, man, we need our church to grow. That'd be awesome. If 3,000 people showed up next week, we wouldn't know what to do with them. I, there's not even a seat in here, okay? I, I don't even know if seat parking team would be. They're already, you know, I've overwhelmed them by preaching too long every week. And then, you know, it's like, where would we park them? And, and, how would, and then how would we build a structure to disciple them so that they have care and they're growing in faith? And that's kind of what's happening in the early church. And it's growing quickly and the apostles are preaching and the Holy Spirit's moving. The Word of God's going forward and, and people are becoming Christians, but now they need to be cared for and they need to be mentored and they need to be grown. And so in Acts chapter 6, what we see is the church, as an overflow of loving God, is starting ministries to love people, which that's what we do at Coastal. And so they have a food ministry, and they're feeding people, and suddenly disunity breaks out in this food ministry. I don't know how many of y'all are part of the food ministry. If Dave Kinney was in here, Dave, Dave, there you are, right? You ever have a little disunity in the food ministry? From time to time, right? There's occasional challenge, right? And so that's what happens in Acts 6. There's this, this, there's these things going on, and it's stressful. And quite frankly, if you read it closely, it appears to be racism, actually. Like, man, this group's getting food, and this group's not getting food, and, and the accusation is it's a little bit racist. And so the apostles give attention to this particular ministry, and they actually say, man, it's not good for us to give all our attention to this ministry, because our job is to prepare the Word, and vision, and preach the Word, and be in prayer. And so they raise up seven deacons to take over this ministry and lead it, okay? And so this is where we see kind of this first layering of leadership, so that they possibly say, man, we can get back to what God has called us to do. And so, and, and so we believe, de- so as the elders have prayed and we said, God, what do you want us to do and how do you want us to raise up deacons? We, we've looked at this and said, this is the biblical layer of leadership. This is how God has structured the church. And, and so 
we want to structure the church, and so this gets back to last week, okay, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it this week because I really hammered it last week, but we, a good organization and a good structure ultimately is there to unleash the gospel, right, so that the gospel goes forward. And at Coastal, we're tethered to presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so, they, so the apostles raise up this layer of leadership called deacons, and guess what? The gospel spreads, and we see that in Acts 6, 6, and 7. And it says, so the apostles, these seven men were set before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid their hands on them, verse 7, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And so a healthy, layered leadership promotes the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? And so that's the goal. It's not just to give away titles or add layers that are meaningless, but it's so that the gospel goes forward, okay? And so that's what the elders, as they've been praying and thinking, like, like, why deacons? Well, because the Scriptures show us deacons are a part of a local structure, a local ministry, okay? So now, now we're in Timothy 3, okay? Who are deacons? Who are deacons? So let's start with the word deacon, okay? The word deacon literally is, comes from the Greek word diakonos, and it literally means servant, okay? So the word deacon is a servant. So uh, when you're reading your English Bible, um, and here's, here's where we're going to present some challenges, but when you're, you're reading your English Bible, <clears throat> the word is sometimes translated as a the title deacon, and sometimes it's just translated as the word servant, okay, because that is the word. Another root word in your scriptures and that we use all the time in church life is the word ministry or minister. It's the, it's the same word as it's a, same, it's, a, it's a derivative of diakonos. Uh, and so, you know, a minister or a ministry leader is, is deaconing, if you will. And so, and so what we wanted to do as the elders is as you're reading your Bible, you come across deacons, you'll be able to go, oh, I, I know so-and-so. They're a deacon. They're recognized by the elders of Coastal as a deacon. And so, you know, who are deacons? It's found in their job description. They serve Christ, and, and then they serve His church uh, as, as high-capacity leaders of ministries, okay? And so, uh, and so, what are the qualifications of deacons? Now, let me pause here, okay? And um, I, I really, um, I have a, a, in my mind, I have a whole backdrop of sermons that have been preached at Coastal that, for time's sake, I can't re-preach. And so, I really, really need you to... to if you have questions, take the time to re-listen to some old sermons, okay? Uh, and so, years ago, and I want you to write this down on your note sheet, years ago we preached a sermon series called Guarding the Gospel, okay? And, and we have that available on the website. We have that available. The best way to listen to it is on our app, okay? If you don't have the Coastal app, you need to get the Coastal app, okay? And, and you can scroll through our sermons really easily there, and, and you can get a hold of that series. That series, it was actually one of the last series I preached in our old building. And the reason I, I focused, so Guarding the Gospel is taken out of 1 Timothy. It's the whole letter. And, and the reason we went through that together as a church was because I knew we were getting ready to move from one building to this building. I anticipated we would probably continue to grow. And, and that letter is written by the Apostle Paul to a young pastor named Timothy. And he's telling Timothy, and, and it's kind of like this morning, it's a little bit tedious. 
Irenaeus, but he's saying this is how you structure a church so that the gospel goes forward in a healthy manner. And so we, we went through that letter so that those of you who are part of Coastal, as we, I knew we would grow and stuff, would have, and, and you'd be able to influence new folks and go, no, this is, this is Coastal. This is how we structure the church because this is how the Apostle Paul taught Timothy to, to structure the church, okay? And so uh, I preached back-to-back sermons in there, so write this down too. The first one is out of 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 to 15. It's in, I called the title of the sermon, Instruction to Women. All right, And then the next one, I go over the qualifications of an elder, 1 Timothy 3, and I just titled Qualifications of Elders. You really need to listen to that. So at Coastal, okay, so here's, here's where I, I'm going to run the risk of, you know, upsetting two different groups of people. But it, it, again, you have to know, here's what I want you to know. At Coastal, the elders and the pastors look at this book and say, man, this is God's word. What does it say? How do we apply it? And so uh, a lot of you are here because I don't pull any punches, right? And... Um, and I, I sometimes I'm pretty hard on our culture, and I'm not afraid to preach the Word of God when it's different from the culture, because I believe this is true, and we need to build our, our lives on it, yes? And, and it preaches at me sometimes, because I'm a sinner too, and I need my own sins. And so, and so, so uh, at Coastal, so going back to that sermon series, Guarding the Gospel, I spent some time on why the Bible teaches that the office of elder and pastor is reserved for men. And it goes back to created order. It goes back to 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15, before there was any sin on earth, that God has, he's created men and women equal in soul, but different in role, okay? And those different roles, and I tie that even to the Trinity, that the God that we worship is one God, but he's got three persons, and they mutually honor and respect, but there's differences in roles. And so at Coastal, the office of elder and pastor is always going to be reserved for men. And so so I know some of you are ready to get up and leave. Please, please don't until you listen. At least do us the honor and do me the honor of listening to that sermon first. Okay, so now I've upset one group. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I'll come back and upset the other group in a minute. Okay, so Timothy, that's a little kind of context of what we're looking at. So now Paul structures the church. He structures the corporate worship. He structures elders. Okay, now he's structuring deacons, okay? And he says this in 1 Timothy 3.8. He says, deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, um, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first, and then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Verse 11, their wives, in your own Bible, if you want, circle this, because I'm going to park, come back to that. Their wives, likewise, must, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. In verse 12, let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own household well. Verse 12, and in verse 13, uh, for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to actually spend some time, and I'm, I'm going to go through this line by line. So a couple things that you should hear. Last week, we went through <clears throat> Exodus 18, remember? Jethro and Moses, and some of these same, this is like a characteristic theme throughout the Scripture of spiritual leaders. They have so many of these same characteristics, okay? But if I were to go through Timothy 3 and talk about the differences, uh, the characteristic difference of elders and deacons, the, the two or three differences that you would see is, is, number one, the elders are the managers of the church because Paul instructs the elders that their homes need to be in order because it says if a man can't manage, 
manage his home, then he can't manage the church. So there's a church oversight. Elders are overseeing the church. That's what they do. Secondly, the elders have the qualifications. They have to be able to teach the Word of God. So they got to be able to handle God's Word, and they're responsible in the church for the doctrine, the, the, the teaching, and out of the doctrine comes the vision of the church and man, overall management of the church. And thirdly, the third difference is, and again, I already kind of covered this, that the elder office of elders reserved for men. But it's a little bit different <clears throat> with deacons, okay? So deacons have a lot of the similar characteristics with the caveat of just what I just covered, okay? And so, again, going back to the sermon uh, series I preached, Guarding the Gospel, okay? Pastor Joey actually covered this section in that sermon series, and it was excellent. And so I'm not going to spend a whole sermon on the characteristics, okay? But let me just, you can listen to that for yourself, but let me just summarize, okay? The characteristics of a deacon, just some highlights. They're not to be addicted to wine. And really, you could, you could certainly broaden this out that, that all of us, as we're growing in Christ, shouldn't have, be having an addiction to really anything, right? Any, too much of anything. It could be pornography. It could be drugs. It could be, it could be just entertaining ourselves with too much social media. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Anything we give too much time to could, could be an addiction, but certainly Paul's specific about the, the drunkenness, right? A, a deacon and should be growing. And by the way, I, I think as we look at these characteristics, we should know, like, man, I should be growing in these characteristics. All of us should be growing. I mean, this, this is a really basic definition of what a Christian, as Christ influences their lives, looks like, right? Number two, their word can be trusted. They're not double-tongued. Their yes is a yes. They're not stirring up disunity in the body by saying different things to, to different people. Number three, they, they should be Christians, and they should be tested over time, that their Christianity can be trusted as it's lived out in a, in a form of perseverance. And, you know, I, as I was writing the sermon, I was I'm thinking about when I was a, in high school that um, I remember in my youth group one time, there was this man that uh, I really don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember his name, honestly. But I do remember that he came in one week and he gave his testimony. He had this really radical, awesome testimony, you know. And, and, and like I grew up in a Christian home, and so it was like, you know, and I'm thankful for my Christian home. I'm thankful I got saved in a Christian home. But like, you know, when I talk about my background, I was like, yeah, I yelled at my parents once. You know, and this guy was like, drug dealer, just incredible, and God radically saved him. It was awesome. And they hand him a microphone, he gives his testimony, and then he's helping with the youth group. He's one of the guy leaders, and then like that lasted for like eight weeks, and then he was gone. And we we're like, well, where'd he go? We just gave him a microphone eight weeks ago, right? And so, and I don't think you followed Christ after that. There was no longevity. And so, and we tend to do that in Christian circles. Like if somebody's got a great story, it's like, oh man, you got to tell your story. And we kind of rush them. And Paul cautions us to that in leadership. Like, man, we got to be, make sure that the roots of Christ and the gospel have sunk deep. And so, you know, make sure that there's some perseverance that's this, this, this profession of faith is, is proved out with some time, right? The fourth thing he says is the home life needs to match the public life, right? And so, you know, that's all of us, right? And, you know, all, and listen, we all let our hair down, if you will, at home, right? I, and I've even shared, you know, I remember when my kids were younger, you know, and I remember one time I was praying over dinner. My wife's like, hey, pray for dinner. Yeah, let's pray for dinner. I pray for dinner. I pray quick start filling my place, say amen, start filling my plate, and my, my young son's like, man, you pray a lot longer at church than you do at home. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm hangry, okay? So uh, let's eat. Uh, so we are a little different at home, I get it. But the disconnect shouldn't be so great that our families are like, man, he's, he or she is really, really different. It, it's, a, it's a little bit of a facade in public and not the same at home. And so our, and that point is our Christianity should be lived out by the people that know us best. And the people who know us best know our imperfections, to be sure, uh, but they also see Christ in us and know, hey, they're, they're, this profession is true even at home, okay? So that's a quick overview of the character, okay? Now, here's where I'm going to lose the other side of the church, okay? So, uh, and so at Coastal, and this has been a long study for us, all right, uh, for the elders, we have concluded that the role of deacon is open to both men and women, okay? So, and so point C, who are deacons? Men and women taking responsibility for ministry, all right? Men and women taking responsibility for ministry. And so, and so we're convinced at Coastal that the role of pastor and elder has been reserved by Paul's teaching for men, uh, but now we also have, have concluded that, that Paul has, uh, and the role of deacon is open to both men and women. So let me explain this. So first of all, uh, we see incredible women of faith all over the scriptures, right? And, and a lot of y'all grew up in church, you know some of the, these amazing women. We, we know that the Apostle Paul in Titus chapter 2 says, man, the older women should instruct the younger women, that there should be some prominent godly women investing in new Christians, women and coming up in the Lord, right? And, and, uh, and I would encourage a lot of you godly women to be discipling some of our younger women, younger moms, the younger families that are growing up in the Lord. They need you. They need your wisdom. They, they need your time, all right? We see Priscilla and Aquila in Acts 18. Of course, that's a husband and wife, but we see Priscilla being an intimate part of the early church. We see Phoebe in Romans chapter 16. In fact, all of Romans 16, the Apostle Paul gets very personal and he lists a, a, lot, of, um, a lot of women in that text. It says, I mean, these are women that help the ministry here. All right, Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. Of course, we see Mary Magdalene, Mary and Martha, you know, closely attached to Jesus' ministry. We see Yodia and Sintish in, in Philippians 4 where they're not unified, they're not getting along. And Apostle Paul says, man, have them get along because, man, they were very valuable to my ministry. And so <clears throat> we see women all throughout the New Testament, okay? So why at Coastal we concluded that the role of deacon is open to both men and women. Okay, so now I got to talk a little bit about translation. I told you this was going to get teachy and technical. How many of you are still with me? Because we're about to get real, okay, good, half of you, and now it'll be a third by the time I'm done. So here we go, all right? Uh, don't lose me here, okay, because I'm about to get technical. So some of y'all like this, some of you won't. And, and I hate to kind of delve into our translation uh, because I want you to know our English translations of the Bible are really, really good. They're really accurate to the original languages. We're really, really blessed. Um, but I do think that on this passage, our English translations do a disservice, okay? And so let's take a look at 1 Timothy 3 quickly, all right? So 1 Timothy 3, 8 to 10, Paul, I believe, is laying out the, the characteristics of deacons. So it's kind of an overview. This is the characteristics of deacons. I just went through them. Now, in verse 11 and 12, Paul gets gender-specific. Women deacons, challenge here. Men deacons, challenge here. Okay, and so in verse 11, all right, of, uh, in the ESV, it says this. It says, their wives, remember? And I had you circle the their. Okay, so here's what I want you to know. The word there, T-H-E-I, 
T-H-E-I-R is actually not in the text. That's a, that's a definite article where the translators have agreed with probably, and how many of y'all, let's just do a show of hands, have some fun here. How many of y'all kind of come out of the, a strong Baptist tradition? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. I do too, okay? So I want you to know that, okay? That's kind of my background. And so the translators are essentially assuming that the role of deacon is only for men, and then they're adding the definite article here saying their wives, okay? And, And really, there's no definite article here. The original language here, the word is actually woman. It's just woman, all right? And so, uh, and, and so, and so, if Paul is giving the instruction to the deacons that, and he's saying, this is how your wives need to look and act and behave, he's actually giving instruction to the deacons that he didn't give to the who? The elders, right? So the elders didn't get the same instruction, which is a fascinating thing because they're the ones that are managing, overseeing, in charge of the Word of God being taught. Like you would think those would be the ones who are like, hey, here's the instruction to your, to your wives, but if Paul doesn't give that to elders, he only gives it to the deacons, all right? And so then the question lends itself, why would Paul do that, all right? So now, unless you think I'm crazy, all right, let me, let me show you a couple things. Let's go to the NIV 1984. So there's been a couple revisions to the translation called the New International Version. Love the NIV, a lot of great stuff, okay? 1984 says, verse 11, in the same way there, what? What's it say there, church? Wives, right? Now, just so you know, the interpreters of your English Bible have the same wrestle that I'm presenting to us as a church. Because in 1997, when they revised it, it they said this, right? Let's go 1997. In the same way, the what? The women, fascinating, right? So I'm not, again, I'm not trying to attack your English version. I'm trying to tell you there is an interpretive wrestle here. And, and so for me, this is, I've always thought this and always been clear on this. And, uh, and so verse 11 says in the same way, and this is how I would read it, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in, in, in everything. So wh- and so what I think Paul is doing here is saying, Overview of deacons, gender-specific women. In verse 12, gender-specific to men, which, by the way, what's verse 12? Verse 12 is telling men to be, have their house in order. Why would he say that to the men? Because that's the responsibility of a godly Christian man, to over, be overseeing his home spiritually, okay? And so, just so you know, um, the New King James Version, the ESV, and the NLT all disagree with me, okay? So uh, there you go. And the NASB and the NIV actually do agree. And so I tell you to say, Ben, there's some wrestle here, uh, but I do want you to know, I anticipate at the end of the day, there'll be no questions, right? It'll be clear to everybody. So, um, <clears throat> and so, and so in 1 Timothy 3.12, I think he shifts back to to men deacons and saying, hey, you got, you're responsible for your own home. And then he concludes with verse 13, summing up a deacon ministry and, and the reward, the blessing of the Lord for being a deacon, okay? By the way, I want you to see this, this wrestle somewhere else in Romans 16.1, okay? Romans, Paul's summing up the letter to Rome. He's the Roman church. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a, what's the word there? Servant, right? Which is the actual word diakonos, okay? The ESV says servant. But let's go over to the NLT, which, by the way, the NLT in Rome in Timothy 3.11 translates the word woman as wise, but here they translate it as more of a title. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is also a what? 
You guys having fun yet? All right, you, you seeing the tensions in Scripture? Um, and so, so at Coastal, okay, so I, you know, who can be deacons? The elders have landed on, after a lot of wrestle, that we believe that Paul gives both men and women leadership responsibility of deaconing, okay? Now, this really in some ways is not new. If you've been through our We Are Coastal class, I have actually been teaching this for years. Uh, I've always said that our ministry leaders are our deacons, okay? They're, de- they're performing the function of deacon already, and we believe at Coastal both men and women can be deacons. Now, we've just never formalized it. I've never taught on it from the pulpit. And, uh, and so, I hope there's more than 10 of us next week, okay? So, because uh, I've probably upset everybody. But, uh, but here's what I want you to know. If you want to kind of unpack this a little more, you want to meet with an elder or a pastor, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, we have produced a, uh, um, in writing, kind of our, our, our thinking through this passage of Scripture. That we got enough for one for each family. So, if you on the way out, you want to take that one with you, you want to read it further, uh, let's do it, okay? Good stuff. So who can be deacons? We believe men and women leading their ministry leaders are deacons. All right, so let me go through my last two points quickly, and I will move quickly. All right, here we go. Uh, last two points. What do deacons do? They assist the pastors and elders in the ministry of the Word, okay? And so what they do is implied in the title. They serve, all right? And so at Coastal, our ministry leaders uh, who have always been functioning as deacons. So again, I want to talk to those of you who grew up in the Baptist church, okay? I wish I had time to preach on church polity. I think church how, and that means how churches are organized. I think church polity is one of the biggest hindrances in America to the gospel going forward in a healthy way. And, uh, and so Coastal's always tried hard to develop an organization around what does the Scripture say, and I think it's why the gospel has continued to go out in a healthy way through Scripture. So if you grew up in a Baptist church, what has happened in most Baptist churches is they've confused the function of deacon with the function of elder. And so most Baptist churches, including the one I grew up in, have 30 or 40 deacons coming together and trying to work in unity and give leadership to the church. There's no way 30 or 40 people can agree on the, the direction of the church. There's just too many. And that's because they've confused confuse the function. The function of deacons is to serve their various ministries. So as we install deacons in the direction we go, there's not going to be these massive deacons meetings where all these decisions are going to be made around Coastal Community Church. Goodness knows, you know, whoever's in charge of the building, right, Uh, whoever's deaconing the building, I don't want a team of colorblind people making carpet decisions because that's what happens, right? You know, we we want people that are qualified to do that. And it's not even me. I'm terrible at that stuff, okay? So, uh, and so uh, they're not going to function like the typical Baptist church are going to function as ministry leaders. And so what do deacons do? Some possibilities. Counseling, financial management, food ministry, hospitality, small group coaches, caring for the physical needs of our church, conflict resolution, facility management, benevolence ministry, first impressions, security, legal protection church. I could go on and on and on. These are what deacons do, okay? And this is what they're going to do at Coastal Community Church. So number four, how does somebody become a deacon at Coastal Community Church, okay? Much like becoming an elder. It's not a popularity vote, all right? Uh, Our suspicion is that our deacons at Coastal are already deaconing. They're already doing it. 
okay? So our, what we're, it's going to be relational, it's going to be organic, and the elders are going to recognize these men and women that are already serving, okay? And we're going to set them before the body as deacons so that you know who they are, all right? And so here's our process. Number one, we expect that the person's already going to be serving in a high-capacity leadership, ministering in their area, all right? And so then, number two, that person will be nominated by at least one elder, and then number three, the elders will agree unanimously that this person should be set apart for being a deacon. And then number four, the deacon, the elders are going to train our deacons, okay? We're going to train them for about a year and a half before we uh, ordain them and let you know who they are. We really want to invest in them. And so it's just a vision of ours over the next year and a half to really invest in our next layer of leadership. Now, we only have seven elders, okay? So our thinking is, because we want to be a relational, we're not going to be able to invest in all of the people that we see deaconing right now. So we're going to do it in sections, okay? You're section one and in section two. Does that make sense? And so, you know, give us some time, but I just want to lay in front of you, hey, the layer of leadership that I wanted you to know that's coming at Coastal Community Church. That was a lot of technical stuff, wasn't it? Are you encouraged? All right, I hope so. All right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray, all right? I want you to pray for the elders. This is important. These are important decisions. These are important people that we want to say, hey, man, these are people serving this body. These are people that you as the body can go to and talk to and, and pray with, receive counsel from, because we're going to invest in them in such a way that we'll feel confident they can do that, all right? Uh, I, want, I don't want this to be a seed of disunity. So if there's a seed of disunity welling up inside of you, man, I didn't get asked or I'm wondering, or even if you have a doctrinal question, man, come and seek us out. Don't don't leave and let that stir. We would love to talk to you further, okay? This should be unifying us for the cause of the gospel, yes? All right, so that's where we want to go. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this church body. I am humbled to be their pastor. I love that they take the Word of God serious. I love that, you know, I can even preach a, a technically difficult sermon, and they give it due attention because they care about your Word, God. They um, these men and women here, they care deeply about what your word says about all of life, including how a church is organized. And so I thank you for each person here. I pray for our coming service coming up next week, God, as we start Genesis. Lord, if we don't know how we started, we probably don't know where we're going. And so that's why we're going through Genesis so that we'll know, uh, we'll see the seeds of the need of a Savior laid out from the very beginning of time, God. You're the sovereign God. Thank you that you care about things like organizing your church, God, in a way that's biblical, in a way that's uh, healthy so that the gospel goes forward. And God, that's what we want to do. We want to be a healthy church where we lift up and exalt Jesus Christ, where sinners can find freedom from their sin, hope in the gospel, uh, both, and, and find both abundant life and eternal life. Thank you for the hope of the gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.